Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Small businesses bring Utah together. They inspire goodness and connect communities. These are their stories from Mighty Main Street, brought to you by the Utah Office of Tourism and Visit Salt Lake. Here's our host, Chris Redgrave, on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We have a great small business show on KSL Radio every Sunday from 11 a.m. to noon called Mighty Main Street, the faces and places of Utah. We're interviewing our small business owners and organization leaders who are working hard to navigate our current challenges, and they're telling their stories. We can thank Visit Salt Lake and Utah Office of Tourism for providing this small business opportunity because they understand the importance. I'm back with Justina Parsons-Bernstein, and she is uh, with the Utah State Parks, and she's over the Dark Sky Initiative, and this is turning into amazing, uh, not only amazing opportunity for all of us locally, but it's uh, astro-tourism, is that what you call it? Yes, astro-tourism, people that are chasing the stars. Yes, and they do come really from all over the world, to, and they, they're looking for the darkest skies because, unfortunately, just about 80% of the world's population cannot see the Milky Way from where they live. Wow. And people here that have access to it, uh, you know, they, they don't understand that. We Every time we hold a dark sky event, and even our virtual events, people are saying, oh, my gosh, because they watch from around the country, I need to come to Utah. We, we never see the stars here because it's true that some of our biggest cities are in perpetual twilight. It never reaches true dark. So, so they need to come to places where we still have great views of the of the heavens above us. And Utah is one of those places. And, and what's so cool about it is that this initiative is how old? I mean, like this is just being birthed right now, right? Right. 2015. That's kind of when it really started to pick up steam. I mean, uh, you know, it's probably been a, a thing a, a bit longer than that, maybe two or three times, maybe 10 to 15 years. But it's really picked up steam everywhere in the last five years, for sure. I'm going to take back my golf clothes and I'm going to go buy myself a telescope. <laughs> Don't tell my husband I said that because it was so sweet of him to take care of me, but I really do want one. Where's the best place, Justina, for us to get our own telescope that's that's one that we can move around with? Like, I, I don't need to be a astronomer with this. I don't have to be a professional, but I want to have one where I can really get a good look. What's the best? Where's well, the best for, place to go? For folks listening in, um, in Salt Lake, you know, a great place to go get some advice is our Clark Planetarium. That's where I went first off and asked for advice there. And there are also so many amateur, and, and they sell them right there in their in their gift shops. Okay, good. And then there are so many amateur astronomy clubs around the state. There's many, many, like 11, at least 11 around the state. There's like the Utah Valley Astronomy Club and 
There's Weber Astronomy Club in Salt, Salt Lake. There's all sorts. You can just look up on their on their Facebook pages and ask them advice too before you go get one about where they would buy one. And they're the experts because they're the they're the telescope nuts, right? They're the ones who some of them build their own telescopes, but they certainly have a lot of knowledge to share and are very eager to share it with people. And to that end, can I talk about some? Last time you were interested in some youth initiatives. May I talk yes, about some please. of those things? Yes, we love our we love our kids. So one of the things that I did to build the future stewards of starry skies was to reach out to Utah State University Extension and asked um, if they would be interested in developing a 4-H club, a dark sky club with me, and they were. And so we developed a six-part module that is downloadable from the 4-H website, the Utah State uh, University Extension 4-H club website. You can just download all six modules. And it has been downloaded many, many times. In fact, it's so successful, it was picked up uh, nationally by National 4-H. And it's been, um, it's been downloaded hundreds of times around the country and also in other countries like China and Cuba and, and um, South America, some South American country. I'm not bringing them all to mind, but I was stunned at, you know, the appetite for this. And it's six modules that you can do. Many of the times our 4-H clubs in this state are family groups. It's from our rural areas, and it's so fun for the families to learn this together. And that also talks about just rudimentarily how to run a telescope and and learn how to identify constellations and fun stuff like that. Exciting first time announced. You're getting this fresh off hot off the presses. Yay. I've been work, working with Girl Scouts for a very long time to develop a dark sky patch with Utah Girl Scouts, and they we are there. It's going to be it's going to be launched in July. And already other states are very interested in it, like Oregon and I think Michigan and some other states are very interested in it. So we hope that one will get picked up nationally, too. And that has a, you know, as all Girl Scout patches do, they have requirements that you need to learn about certain things in order to earn your patch. So that's exciting news. And then, you know what, all of our parks, Utah State Parks and also our national parks, are always looking for volunteers to help with our dark sky program, people that are knowledgeable and enthusiastic. And so to that end, I worked with Utah State University Extension's Master Nationalist program. They do like, you know, Master Nationalist Gardener and stuff like Master Gardener and things like that. But they also have Master Nationalist for mountains, um, deserts, and wetlands. And I said, hey, let's do a dark sky one. You've mastered the terrestrial, and now let's do the celestial. And so we've had that for about two years, this Master Nationalist Dark Sky program that you can go online. You register through um, the extension uh, Master Nationalist. You can just Google Dark Sky Master Nationalist, and it'll get you there. And it's an online course. It's got nine modules, and then you finish it off by attending a field school where you actually come out into the field at one of our state parks so far, we're probably going to get national park partners to be involved too, but you'll come out to a state park and you learn hands-on how to operate. We have, you know, experts help you learn how to set up and operate your telescope and um, run a dark sky program and uh, how to do astrophotography and how to incorporate things for people who are with different disabilities, like for the people who are blind or low vision or who are who have tactile sensitivity to how to um, in, interpret dark sky programs for, for those folks as well, to include them. And then just a whole bunch of really hands-on stuff for two and a half days. And that's practicing being able to find objects in the sky. And, and we just do 
so many fun things associated with that. So um, it's that's super, and we would love people to sign up and take that. And I think we're going to have a field school for that in uh, September. And so anyway, that's a those are all educational initiatives that that we've launched in the last couple of years. How do you stay on top of all this, Justina? That's a lot. That's a lot of content. That's a lot of activity. And not only that, but now you've got other states that are asking you to, you know, hey, support us in, in doing this. How do you keep track of all this? How do you drive this? Do you have a big staff or what? Uh, no, you are talking to, <laughs> to the, staff. the staff. I do have a wonderful, wonderful, the last two years, last uh, year was her first year, and this year she's continuing. Shelby Stock is my absolutely phenomenal dark sky seasonal who helps me, helps me help the parks uh, with their programming and their social media posting and doing the dark sky readings and uh, mapping and all the stuff that needs to be kept track of for all of our parks that she's helping. And she's very good to, she was, she was the host for that international media team that was down at Fremont Indian State Park to guide them around to the various activities that we showed them. So she is awesome. But, you know, and of course the park managers and, and um, naturalists that uh, put on the programs run it as well. But as, as far as kind of cooperating with the, the bigger picture stuff, it is a lot. Just me, we all know each other, folks who are trying to um, just be good stewards of our starry skies. Uh, we know each other and we recommend people that have certain specialties. But I was pretty stunned to get the call from Australia just two days ago saying, hey, we want to meet with you. But many, many states who are interested in this have contacted me. Um, I've met with Oregon, Nevada, um, Wisconsin, Michigan, you know, we've had our, our virtual meetings to talk about because they're interested in getting started or how to maybe streamline the process as much as possible if they're wanting to apply for international dark sky um, uh, status. And I do, I forgot to mention at the top of the year, we have three new parks, uh, state parks that are going for it starting this year that are entering that application process for international dark sky parks, and that is Snow Canyon State Park, Gunlock State Park, and Bear Lake State Park are all starting the process. As we wrap up, first of all, I just have to say, I think this is a wonderful idea for families to come together and do this and learn this together. I think it's fabulous. We have 23 right now. What's What What do you think is going to happen? How many do you think we'll have at the end of the day? There's only 100 globally and we have 23 of them. What do you think? <laughs> well, we want to continue our domination. So I, I know <laughs> that there are probably there are other national parks and monuments in the state that could go for it. It does take some concerted efforts, so you have to have the dedicated staff time to be able to help it. And, and, you know, volunteers are really helpful with that. So that's why we need more volunteers. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I know we're going to we're gonna bring in at least a few more. And I wouldn't be surprised if we ultimately get, uh, including communities, maybe 30. Good for us. Hey, Justina, do you want to give us a website where people can sign up to volunteer or get an idea of all the cool things that are going on in the media showers and conjunctions and everything else? What's the website? You can look on the events page. There's a dark. You can you can Google Utah State Parks Dark Sky Events, and it'll take you to that page. But you know, I would love people to just Google Justina Parsons Springsteen Utah State Parks. Find my email, contact me, and let me direct you to. To all the wonderful stuff going on, they can always hit up our any of the parks um, Facebook pages and look for the events too. And that usually says if they got a dark sky event going on. But I'm happy to answer any emails about this. Justina, you were brought to us by Utah Office of Tourism. I know they're very excited about this other chapter, another chapter that they can promote with the Astro Tourism. Uh, that's who's asked us to give you a call, Justina Parsons Bernstein. Thank you so much for joining us with Utah State Parks. She's a director of the Utah Sky 
Dark Sky Initiative, and I cannot wait to get involved. So, Justina, more to come. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. You've been listening to our Mighty Main Street show, The Faces and Places of Utah. You can find us on the podcast page of KSONewsRadio.com. I'm Chris Redgrave, host of Mighty Main Street. Join us again next Sunday to hear more from our business community from 11 a.m. to noon on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.